Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. But like I said, we're kicking off a brand new series today, and uh, we're calling it The Rhythms of Christmas. And we pray that this will really help, if anything, inspire you, will help uh, maybe shift the perspective in your heart and in your life uh, to really embrace this time of year, this season of our year when it comes to just getting our hearts prepared for the celebration and the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because that's really what Christmas is all about. It's the celebration of the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so with that, we're kicking off this series called The Rhythms of uh, Christmas. And one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're actually going to be looking at some classic songs, Christmas songs, and we're going to pull out some biblical truths from these songs that we can apply to our everyday lives. Now, if I were to ask you the question, what would you consider to be the most joyful time of the calendar year? Without asking you to raise your hand, I'd be safe to say the majority of you probably would say, oh, Christmas is perhaps the most joyful time of the year, right? I mean, for most of us, that's kind of where our mind goes. We associate Christmas and this season as being one of the most joyful times of the year. My wife, Michelle, over Thanksgiving, we went to Birmingham and we were with our oldest daughter uh, in her home and she hosted Thanksgiving this year. So uh, all of our kids were all able to make it to Birmingham and we were all together for the first time in a very long time together as a family. And so it was fun because uh, we had uh, all the dogs there. We had our dog along with the other two dogs that uh, belonged to our other children. And uh, so it was a house full and it was an amazing time. Uh, We got to, you know... You know, just have a good time, played a lot of games, and and uh, my son-in-law, who was hosting our son, um, Daniel, he was carving the turkey, and man, he was going all out, going all in on uh, hosting Thanksgiving for us. And so Michelle was walking around with her phone, and she's capturing, you know, footage. She's capturing moments, you know, and so here she is capturing all these little highlights of, of Thanksgiving, and she posted some of her footage. She made a reel from some of the footage that she captured, and she posted it on Instagram, on the Instagram stories. So she made this reel, posted it, and she put the theme song, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, on the, as the theme song on her reel. And so she posted it, and of course she's, uh, you know, looking at it. She's got all the likes, you know, and all that stuff. That's what you do, right? You look at your posts, see how many likes you get. And uh, so anyway, she's like blowing up. And uh, my son Luke kind of called her out. And he said, Mom, he said, that reel that you posted, he said, it's not real. She said, what do you mean? She said, well, he said, well, you, you, you posted all the highlights. She said, well, of course. She said, he said, but that, that, that wasn't a real reflection of what happened. 
<laughs> so it takes a 22-year-old to kind of call your mom out, you know, speak the truth in love. He goes, he said, no, he said, you, he said, you didn't show the other stuff. He, she said, like what? She said, oh, you didn't, you didn't show the dogs pooping in the house and pooping on the floors and pooping on the, on the furniture because we had some other issues going on with some of the dogs too. And he said, nor did, did, you, did you post dad being sick. I got the stomach flu, stomach virus, over Thanksgiving of all times. And so I had fever and chills and aches and all that stuff going on. She said, you didn't, you didn't post anything about dad being sick and not feeling good and, and all that stuff that went with it. And, 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 and he said, not only that, he said, uh, you didn't post the intense conversation we had over family dinner one night either. She said, well, of course not. He said, well, you got to keep your real real you know it's interesting in our world today it's easy to focus on the external right I mean it's easy to think about you know the outside the external things that we associate Christmas to be it's easy sometimes to focus on the external things like you know the 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 physical Christmas tree or you know the, the the physical presents that we all you know get caught up in and the Christmas shopping and we, we get caught up in the and the physical expression of the Christmas lights and the Christmas decorations on the outside and in our neighborhood where we live, I mean, these people, they go all out with Christmas decorations and Christmas lights. In fact, there's uh, multiple homes in our neighborhood where people literally have on the outside, out in like in giant letters, you know, out in the yard, J-O-Y. It's lit up joy. And you often wonder, on the outside, do these people really experience joy or is it just an external expression of this season? In other words, are they keeping it real? Is what's going on on the outside actually being lived out on the inside of the home and the people's hearts and their family and their relationships? Because we can put joy on the outside, right? But do we really have it on the inside? In other words... It's one thing to post it on the real, but is the real that we post on Instagram and Facebook actually real? So we have to keep the real real in our lives, you know what I'm saying? And I think for a lot of us, we struggle sometimes of translating what's on the outside and making it real on the inside. In 1719, there was a man by the name of Isaac Watts who was a famous hymn writer and a theologian, and he wrote a song, a hymn entitled Joy to the World. And this hymn was inspired when he wrote it as a result of him reading Psalm 98. And that's really where this hymn the song known as Joy to the World came from was Psalm 98. But the interesting thing about this particular song or hymn that Isaac Watts wrote was that it really has only one reference to Christmas, if you will, or even the birth of Christ. In fact, in the first verse of this specific hymn, it actually 
announces, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. But if you read the lyrics of this song, here's what's even more fascinating. Is that there is no mention of Mary and Joseph. There is no mention of the manger. There is no mention of the angels. Nor is there any reference to even the shepherds or the wise men. And yet, one of the reasons why is because the lyrics of this song were not speaking to the first coming of Jesus, the Messiah. But it was referencing and speaking more specifically to the second coming of our Messiah. Because most countries around the world see this song and they sing this song in recognition of the second coming of Christ. But yet here in America, because of popular culture, people begin to embrace this song because it captured the spirit and the essence of Christmas. Therefore, here in our country, in the United States, we associate this song. In other words, it has in many ways become inseparable. It has become synonymous with Christmas, even though it has really very little to do with Christmas lyrically. But we still embrace it and we still sing it. And it's still considered to be the most, one of the most famous Christmas songs and hymns of all time that we sing during this season. So in just a moment, I'm going to speak more specifically to this subject. But I want you to listen to this song. And I want you to listen to our version of joy to the world. Let's listen to our team.
That's how we do it right there. Amen. Don't you like that version of joy? Well, I'm so grateful for our team. You know, Sir Isaac Watts, I'm sure had in his mind the second coming, but we love to sing it both to remind us of not just the second coming, but also to celebrate his first coming as well. And I'm thankful, aren't you thankful that joy is not just for a select few of good people in the world? Aren't you thankful that joy can be true of everyone in the entire world? I love what this, in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, in fact, this is perhaps my favorite version of the Christmas story. When we read this Christmas story as a family, we always typically read Luke chapter 2, Luke's version, but I'm going to read it to you in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. Dr. Luke said it this way. He said, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to how many people? To all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And so for just the next few moments, I want to share specifically from this passage of Scripture three ways that we can find joy in our hearts, especially as we begin this season known as Christmas. Number one is that joy is found in a person. You know what his name is? His name is who? Jesus. Joy is found in Jesus. It's in a person. It's not just the external aspect. No, it's the internal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the source of our joy. In Psalm 43, verse 4, it says it this way, there I will go to the altar of God, to God, notice the source of all my joy. 
I practiced this word for quite a while this morning. But the word is pronounced Simhagali. You say, what in the world is that? Well, that is the Hebrew name of God for joy. It means exceedingly glad or exceeding joy. It's one of the names of God. And what he wants us to understand is that, you know, we can find joy, but not just in the outer things of life. More importantly, we find joy on the inside. It's a relationship with a real person. His name is Jesus. And so when you think about joy, if you find yourself in an unhappy place right now, and maybe you're going through some situations, or maybe you're faced with some circumstances in your life that, that maybe is robbing you from some of that joy or that happiness, my question to you is this, what would make you happy? If you're walking through some stuff right now, and you don't necessarily associate your current circumstances as being a good set of circumstances and you would maybe associate the things that would make you happy would be the fact that the circumstances might change in other words the desires of your heart would be that this happens or that happens or you would get this or you would get that get that if all of those things were good and all those circumstances lined up in a positive way then you would probably associate that life would be good things would be better life would be happy right there's nothing wrong with good, positive circumstances. We all want the desires of our hearts to come to pass, right? We all want certain needs to be met. We all want to see dreams fulfilled in our lives. But just because dreams are not fulfilled or does the desires of our heart don't take place or the needs go unmet in our lives, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can no longer be happy, And so for some of us, the question is, if life is hard and things don't go well and circumstances don't change, will we never be happy? Here's what James 1 verse 2 says. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. I mean, that doesn't... be honest with you, if you read that verse of James on a practical level, if we were to be honest, I mean, it doesn't even make sense. How in the world can you face hardships and trials and difficulties and still experience joy in the midst of all of that? Well, here's one of the things that I think we have to be reminded of, and this is so important. that We can find joy even through difficult circumstances because From God's perspective, God never wastes a hurt. In other words, God can take something bad and he can turn it around and use it even for something good in our lives. We learned a lot about that in our series on gratitude. In fact, God can even take trials that we're walking through. Some of you are going through physical trials and financial trials and maybe some relational trials that maybe from your perspective doesn't bring joy or happiness in your life. But guess what? God can take your trials and turn them into a testimony as well. One of the things that God wants to remind us 
is that even in the midst of pain that we encounter in our lives, God can still turn our pain into an even greater purpose that's worth living for. So we have to understand that even in the midst of trials and challenges and hardships and hurts, God can still use it and bring forth joy in and through our lives. It's been said that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% of how we actually react and respond to it. In fact, the problem with happiness is happiness is just that. It's based on happenings. It's based on circumstance. It's where the word happiness comes from, the root hap basically means it's, it's circumstantial. So therefore, if life is good, then we're happy. If life isn't so good, then we're no longer happy. But that's like a roller coaster ride of emotions, right? But the truth of the matter is, it's been said that life is kind of like two rails on a railroad. You have something good and you have something bad moving simultaneously throughout life. And so the question is, where are we putting our focus? Are we putting our focus on the bad, the bad circumstances? Or are we putting our focus on the good, the positive circumstances? Well, at the end of the day, listen, happiness is not a feeling. No, happiness, joy is a choice that we choose to make even in the most difficult of times. And so one of the things that there were... The scripture reminds us of, in fact, Jesus said it this way in John 15, verse 11. He said, I've told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, so that your joy will overflow. overflow. So Jesus even wanted his disciples to understand that you're going to go through a lot of difficulties in life. But don't focus on what's not going good. Don't focus on the negative circumstances. No, he said, I am your source. Abide in me. If you abide in me and as I... I abide in you. Hey, your life is going to take on a different realm. You're going to live with a different perspective. Why? Because joy is not on the external. No, joy is found on the internal. Listen, joy is an inside job. And so we got to focus on the fact that joy is based on a person. The source of our joy is found in Jesus. So the question is, who and what is the source of our joy? When I was uh, at the Advent Hospital, they were taking me from one end to the hospital to the other, running a different test. And um, one of the things that I appreciated about the Advent Hospital, if you've ever been, they have scripture all over the place. You know, on the, on the, on the walls and frames and they, they have these epic pictures of Jesus, um, literally like in the surgery room with the, with the surgeon and the nurses. He's gathered right there at the, at the side of the patients. It's just an incredible, incredible image. And it's just that reminder of God's presence. He's our protector. He is the great physician. And so as they're taking, as taking me from one end to the other, I notice on all the computer screens as a little, like a little screensaver, this verse of scripture. And it just so happened to be something that I had already planned on sharing, but it was just that affirmation reminder. I want to share it with you. It's from Romans 15, verse 13. that says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident 
hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, what a powerful promise. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is the source of our hope? Aren't you thankful that even through difficulties, even through the tests and the trials, through the hardships and all of the the things that sometimes can go wrong in life, that we can still have peace and we can have the confident hope and the peace that comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where our joy comes from. Jesus is the source of our joy. But not only is Jesus found in a person, Jesus is also found in giving to others. Hey, it is impossible to be joyful and self-centered at the same time. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, there's no way in the world that you can be ungrateful and joyful at the same time. It's impossible. And that's one of the reasons why if we want to find joy in this season, we got to take the focus off of ourselves, And we got to start putting the focus on other people. Jesus said it this way, it is more blessed to give than to what? Say it out loud. Receive. I mean, we all like to receive, right? But there's no greater joy than giving. Watching other people find joy to see a smile on their face. That's why I love what we just completed. In fact, some of you, I think, maybe brought additional shoeboxes today. We gave shoeboxes that were shipping off to Haiti to be a blessing. I'd give anything if I could be there and physically watch these children who virtually have nothing open up those little shoeboxes that you packed with all kinds of love and, and, and joy that you put inside those boxes. But seeing those children light up because what they have is little, but yet what we were able to give allows them to experience much. And that's what joy of giving is truly all about. It's the reason why we're going to be doing what we're doing called Operation Joy next Saturday. And if you haven't signed up, I want to encourage you to sign up. Go to our website and sign up basically from 8 a.m. to about 3 p.m. We're going to set up some tents out in the parking lot right there at the front entrance of Walmart. And as people were going in, as they're coming out, shopping, Christmas shopping, we're going to set up some tents. We're going to give free gift wrapping to all of the people. And we're going to have the opportunity to engage interact and give out invite cards and just give the love of Jesus to every person that we possibly can right here in our community. I love that. We're going to call it Operation Joy. We're going to have t-shirts and we're just going to make a big joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. As we serve people. Let me tell you something. You're going to find joy because it's going to get you outside of yourself. It's a great way to get the kids involved. Take the focus off of all of the external things and put the focus on loving people. That's what it's all about. In Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25, it, said this, it says it this way. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Hey, the greatest single way to find joy in your heart during this season is to find ways that you can give joy to other people. And that's the, one of the reasons why... We're even taking the time and setting apart even our own resources during this time of year for our year-end giving opportunity as a church. 
Why? Because we believe as a church, it's one of our core values. We have seven core values, and one of our core values goes like this. Generosity is our way. We just as a church believe, listen, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's the reason why we've given right at a, th- uh, listen, this, this, this calendar, year, calendar year alone, we will have given up to nearly $70,000 away to help bless people, to give to support other ministries, both globally, here nationally, and even right here in our community through all kinds of expressions. Could we keep that money for ourselves? Could we sow that nearly $70,000 into our future for future land? Yes, we could, but we just believe that we can't out give God. We just believe, listen, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And so if you want to find joy, hey, let's just put God to the test and say, God, I'm giving because you said if we give, you will give back in return. You will bless us. Does that necessarily mean financial blessings? It could, but I believe in even more importantly, God gives you a sense of joy and a sense of peace, knowing that you're walking in the will of God and you're doing the will of God. And there is no greater place to be than walking in the will of God for our lives because when we walk in the will of God, we're under the umbrella of God's covering, his provision, and his protection in our lives. God has a way of blessing us in return. So I just want to encourage you, listen, the brochure that there in your seat that you got this morning, I want to encourage you to take this home. If you haven't gotten a copy of this, take this home. Don't read it right now, but just take this home today and ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to show you. Listen, don't despise, the be- don't, don't despise small beginnings. Start where you are. Start with what you have. You know, we like to talk about in business and corporate terms, you know, and for investment purposes, ROI. We all know what ROI stands for, right? Return on investment. Don't focus on return on investment. Focus on E-R-O-I. Focus on the eternal return on investment because that's all that matters. At the end of the day, are we going to store up treasures in heaven? Are we going to store up things that are going to last forever? Let me tell you something. The only things that are going to last forever are the souls of men and women and teenagers and boys and girls that we are able to point to Jesus, the Lord and the Savior that they so desperately need. And so the more we sow into people, the more we invest in eternal things. Let me tell you something. This is the greater reward that we get to have in heaven. And so one of the things that we're doing is we are not only blessing the church through our year-end giving opportunities, but we're even sowing into our future because we believe that, listen, God wants us as a church to be have a, have a permanent place that we can call home that will be a place that God uses as a tool, as a lighthouse for our community and for our city and for the world that we can proclaim the good news and the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And so the more of us that sow into that, the greater the impact we can have. So the only goal that we have for this year's year-end giving opportunity is for 100% participation. And so I just want to encourage you, whether it's a little or it's a lot, let's give what we can and let's do what we can. And let's, listen, let's just let God use us as a tool to help advance his purposes and then watch what God does in return. Amen?
And that's the reason why that word imagine, if you notice carefully, is highlighted, I'm in. So the question is, are you in? And that's what I want to ask you to pray about. Say, God, take what I give and use it to make a greater impact. Number three, not only is joy found in a person, joy found in giving, but joy is found in sharing the good news. I heard someone say that the good news is only good news if people hear it in time. Because what good is the good news if the people that need to hear it never hear it? It's only good news if people hear it in time. And there are people all around us that are spiritually lost. You have family members that are spiritually lost. You have people that you work with, coworkers and neighbors. And we are surrounded by people. All you got to do is just go to the malls, go to public places. And you're just exposed to the reality of mass humanity. There are people everywhere. But there are also people in our personal lives, just in our own circle of influence that are spiritually lost and maybe they're walking through some difficulties maybe they're walking without a sense of purpose or meaning in their life and God wants you and he wants me in this season to be their source of hope where we share the hope that is found in Jesus and I want to give you a little joy alert you know what the joy alert is found in the Bible it's found right there in that story that we just finished reading in joy excuse me in Luke chapter 2 verse 10 it says the angel said don't be afraid I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people to everyone on December 21st this happens every year on December 21st, there's something known as winter solstice. Winter solstice happens to be uh, the shortest day of the year as well as the longest night of the year. What's interesting is that winter solstice is a reminder that even in the darkest of times in someone's life, there is a light that can shine even in the darkest of moments. And that light is found in a person. His name is Jesus. He is the light of the world. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus told you and me that we are to be the light to a world, that we, our lives, are to shine beautifully and radiantly to a world that's living in darkness, our light should reflect Jesus to everybody that we have the opportunity to share that good news with. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, it gives the story about the shepherd who loses one of his sheep. And what does he do? He goes and he searches for it and he finds it. And after he found, finds it, he puts it around, to, picks it up and puts it over shoulders. He carries it home and and he gathers the other shepherds and they all begin to celebrate. And the scripture says in Luke 15, 7, that there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner that's won to faith in Christ than 
over 99 others that are already saved and secure and safe in their eternal position in heaven. Let me ask you a question. Who do you know? Who do you know that needs the hope? Who do you know that, that needs the light of Jesus to light up the darkness in their heart, in their marriage, and in their life, and in their future? Who do you know that needs a simple invitation? It's the reason why today when you walk out, we're going to give you an invite card. And that invite card is, is an opportunity. It looks just like this. It's, a, it's an opportunity while you're at the grocery store. You're going through the line there at Publix to give somebody a, a card. Maybe it's an opportunity for you just to put something in the hand of a coworker. Maybe as a student, maybe tomorrow at class, it's an opportunity for you just to pass something out to a friend. Or maybe walk, in, walk up and down the aisles of the cafeteria. Give it to somebody that you know. Say, hey, come be my guest. Join me this Christmas. Let me tell you something. I believe with all of my heart, if we will let God use us to be joyful people and we'll allow God to use us to give away joy this season, listen, you'll never know the kind of impact that God will have in you and through you if we will just allow God to give the greatest message of all to those who desperately need it. And that is the good news that is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where joy comes from. Joy is found in a person. His name is Jesus. Joy is found in our area of giving. Because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. We can't outgive God. And when we find joy in sharing the message. Or simply inviting other people. It's amazing the joy that we find in our heart. When we see that friend. When we see that neighbor, when we see that family member, when we see that person, that coworker, that maybe shows up. I'm convinced that there will be more people that will come to church this Christmas who perhaps have not darkened the door of a church building in a long, long time. They'll come. And chances are, if you invite them, they will definitely come. This is the easiest time in the entire calendar year next to, excuse me, next to Easter. Christmas time. It's the easiest time of the calendar year to invite people to church. Why? Because people are looking for hope. People are looking for a new beginning. People are looking for forgiveness. People are looking for a second chance. They look back on 2022 and they think to themselves, you know, I wish I could have done that. I should have done more of that. A lot of people live with the should-haves and the could-haves and the guilt and the disappointments. And they tried this, they tried that. Circumstances of life maybe threw them a curveball they didn't see coming. And they're left confused and uncertain, unclear about their future. People come to church. Why? Because they're looking for light to light up the darkness in their heart. They're, they're looking for hope that they... They can put their faith into for a brighter tomorrow and future. And if we want to find joy, I pray that God uses us to give that joy to everyone that desperately needs it. Amen. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment. Maybe some of you here today are walking through 
some difficulties or some trials or some tests that maybe you're facing right now. It may be on the outside you can relate to the external real R-E-E-L that we're all good at portraying and posting but the question is are we experiencing the R-E-A-L the real joy in our hearts what's going on on the inside and maybe today even as a follower of Christ a believer maybe you have found yourself not experiencing that real joy maybe you haven't been walking as close to the Lord as you could or you should maybe you've drifted in your spiritual walk with God and maybe this season maybe this month of December is an opportunity for you just to return to come back home in your heart to renew your relationship with the Lord to rededicate to recommit your heart back to him and get back into the center of God's will for your life and if that's you today I just want to invite you right where you are maybe you're watching online just to take a moment and pray and say God forgive me God renew my heart Lord give me my joy back as we sang a few moments ago the joy of the Lord is my strength and the enemy wants to rob you of your joy we feel weak if we feel powerless if we don't experience the joy that maybe we, we once had I tell you something joy is in your relationship with the Lord and the closer we become to him the more intimate we are with him the more joy we will experience in our lives some of you here today you've never put Jesus Maybe first in your life, maybe he's not really the source of joy. Maybe you've been focusing on things and external things, and, but yet you're still empty. There's something missing. And if that is true of you today, maybe you're watching online, that's true of you. And today you're ready to put your faith and your trust in Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior. Can I just invite you to pray this prayer? Just say something like this. Just invite him right now, right now where you are into your life. You can pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. Thank you, Jesus for saving my soul today. If you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, count me in. I just prayed that prayer, and I'm not ashamed to admit it today. Would you just hold up your hand high? It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. It's wonderful. God bless you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for these that had the courage to lift their hands. Maybe those even prayed that prayer online with us today. Father, I pray as we come close to you, as you promise in your word in the book of James, that you will come close to us. Lord, may we learn to walk and abide in you. 
stay connected with you so that your joy may be complete in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the source of our joy today. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Come on, let's give God a little shout of praise. Amen. Well, we just want to say today, if you prayed that prayer and you invited Christ into your heart, into your life, can I just encourage you today to do me a big favor? Maybe you prayed that prayer online. Take our Connect card. It looks just like this. And if you haven't had a chance to complete this, make sure you complete this. Just fill the information out. Um, if anything, just it gives us an opportunity to stay connected with you. We want to keep you up to date on different things going on in the life of our church. Most importantly, there's a little blue bar, a little line that goes across there on the front. There's a place that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And today, if you raised your hand acknowledging that you did so, would you do me a favor and just put a check mark there in that little space? And you can do one of two things. You can drop in the offering container and uh, we'll get that from you. Or better yet, you can take this card and just take it out into the lobby. We have an area set up, uh, a little table. It's called Next Steps. And uh, we can collect that from you there. We'd also would love to give you a little booklet uh, that I put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. And it just offers some next steps that you can take in your spiritual journey. There's also a little 30-day reading plan that's available uh, for you to start reading through the life of Christ. And uh, we'd love just to take a moment and celebrate with you and infirm you and encourage you. And so if you'll be so kind to do that, it would mean the world to us. And uh, you can drop that off at the uh, Next Steps table on your way out as well. And then uh, in just a few moments, we're going to have some of our prayer team members down here at the front. If you need prayer, listen, we'd love to stand with you in prayer, pray over you, and just uh, once again reassure you of the promises of God. that You don't have to walk through things alone. Hey, you have a family, a church family here that wants to walk through those things with you, stand with you, and believe God to do something exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think or even imagine. Amen. We believe in the power of prayer. We'd love to have that opportunity to, to pray with you. One other thing, and then uh, I just want to, oh, by the way, for those of you who haven't maybe been uh, made aware, to go along with this series that we're doing called The Rhythms of Christmas, we have a Advent devotional that we've put together. You can go to our website, and it's a PDF. And it has a 25-day devotional reading, and it's really powerful, very unique that we've put together um, through a lot of these classic songs and hymns that we're talking about. And we're pulling out biblical truths, little, uh, just little snapshots through daily devotions, little daily devotionals you can read to help prepare your heart as we get, re get ready to celebrate um, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So go to our website at RethinkLife.com, download that, use that as a little devotional uh, opportunity. You can get together with your family, uh, do it as an individual, maybe as a couple as well. And then don't forget, uh, next week we're going to be uh, taking our opportunity to give. This is our year in giving. This is something we're doing over and above uh, our regular tithe, our regular giving. But we're sowing for a year-end opportunity to finish 2022 strong, to also help provide for some of those projects and initiatives that are outlined in this brochure. But we're also making a commitment to give above and beyond to sow into our future for 2023. And so I just wanna encourage you to 
take this, let's pray over it. Again, no specific numeric goal, but we're believing that 100% of all of us can do something. And if all of us do something, and if all of us will commit to doing something above and beyond, I believe God will take it, use it, and honor it to accomplish even greater things, to accelerate the future that God has for us. So let's pray together, and uh, we'll ask God for His provision in every area of our lives as we give today. Father, we thank You for the opportunity. Lord, as even the Macedonians that Paul uses as an example, that even in their difficulties, even in their extreme poverty, Lord, they gave out of the extreme generosity, the goodness of their hearts to give. And Lord, may that be true of us. Lord, may we give out of the overflow, the gratefulness of our hearts. And Lord, I pray that today that you'll put a number on our heart. You'll, you'll, you'll just impress upon us, God, what you would have us to do to help us finish strong this year. And Lord, to sow faithfully into next year. God, we just pray for your provision over every area of our lives. God, take what we give today as an offering. May you use it. Lord, may you multiply it to make an eternal difference. Lord, an E-R-O-I. Lord, for the kingdom of heaven today. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you. May the joy of the Lord fill our hearts today. For we pray it in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.